Welcome to episode four of our Princeton Makes podcast. Woo! Again, if you are hearing this for the first time and you are not familiar with Princeton Makes, Princeton Makes is an artist cooperative and we're about 30 artists and that we sell in the store here at the shopping center at Princeton. Some of us also have a studio on site. Today we're hosting Adriana Groza. Um, hi, Adriana. Hi, Zohar. Uh, our Adriana is the artist of the month here at Princeton Mix. Maybe let's start with um, who are you? Where are you from? This is like two uh, accents talking to each other. So we can start right. with that. <laughs> That's funny. Good morning, Zohar. And thank you so much for inviting me to do this podcast. I am thrilled to be talking to you and about uh, Princeton Mix and about myself. So my name is Adriana Groza. As you picked up an accent, I am Romanian. I was born and raised in Transylvania, Romania, and I came to the United States 18 years ago with my husband. Me too, 18 years ago. 18 yeah. years ago, 2004, yeah. I la we landed on Thanksgiving Day, had no clue about it, got stuck for two hours extra in the airport because of it. Where? At JFK, and friends of ours, funny story, short story, waited for us with a Mustang a two-door, a, two a coupe, a Mustang coupe, and we had four luggages, big luggages. <laughs> so four people, four luggages, um. imagine. <laughs> so awesome. you were with the kids? No. no. No, no kids then. Okay. Cool. So that was the start. So when did you, where did you go from there? Uh, we came to New Jersey. We knew some, uh, some people. My husband had worked uh, the year before, had come with a student program, and he stayed in the Bordentown, Florence area. So, so that's where we went. We knew a few Romanians there. He knew them. And then we started building, building, uh, and now we have a huge community of Romanians that we're a part of. And uh, now a really big community of artists that I'm a part of, so. So did you uh, come, you were already an artist then? No, I was not. I was trained in business administration and I had done in Romania, oddly enough, uh, a lot of um, kitchen cabinetry and furnishings design and, and sales. And coming into the US, I worked um, at another furnishings company. I transitioned through a lot of different, different occupations until I finally decided to follow who I really am. And I think I'm an artist. So, so how, how did that happen? How did that happen? So I started painting in this style of painting. I use fluid acrylics, and I started using this style of painting uh, sometime in 2017. I bought my first paints and canvas in 2009 and started uh, trying different techniques, different um, styles of painting, but uh, I wasn't ready. It was, I was frugal with the paints. I was frugal with the materials. I didn't have the mindset that I gained later on when I started taking some classes with other painters. Um, Rich Gady is a good example. He's, an, he's a, a passionate about horses, but he has other subjects. And I fell in love with his use of color and texture in his paintings. And I took a few classes, but the recurring theme of art classes was, if you want to make a painting, you have to use paint. What did you use before that? Still paint. But I was just barely dipping my brushes into paint. 
I was barely using any paint. Oh, okay. So now you know that you have to use a lot of paint. And ironically, and not be shy. ironically now I let it flow and I go with it, and that's not my concern <laughs> anymore. Okay, cool. So what kind of art do you do? Can you just so my art is fluid acrylics on canvas. I start with um, acrylic paint, professional grade acrylic paint. I use primarily Liquitex and Golden brands, either in a tube or in a jar. And from there, I take them and I mix them with a pouring medium and some water to get them to the viscosity I need for the particular application I'm working on. My style of painting, I would describe as abstract, intuitive. Uh, for the most part, there are a few subjects that interest me, a few different flowers, a few uh, landscape settings, but um, narrowed down to aerial views over the beach. Mm -hmm. and, and the fox. The fox, yes. The fox, that's a special project um, that's completely unrelated to my art, to the rest of my art. But um, yes, awareness of inner strength is this painting of a fox that is is so popular now and so known and I believe the fox to be my spirit guide and so I wanted to to paint the fox in the style with without brushes without sketches that I used in in the rest of my painting and using fluid acrylics the whole the whole goal for me behind using this medium is to let go of control I'm a controlling person in my everyday life and I need a space where I don't need to reproduce something. I don't need to, to dictate every single step. I don't need to script anything. So that's, that's what gives me the calm and the peace and the freedom. You see, mm. all of my art, all of my paintings are done in one sitting. Mm -hmm. So, and I can't practice several times because it's a lot of materials, it's a lot of surface, it's a lot of real estate that it would take yeah. to, to, do a, to do a practice of a painting in particular. It's one sitting because it will dry? There's yes. like technical yes. control. Yes, yeah. exactly, for mm -hmm. technical reasons. I work horizontally and the space needs to be perfectly level. It's a process style of painting. Yeah. You can't just roll out of bed and go paint in the studio. Um, I have to have all of my paints prepared and in the best condition uh, so that they flow, they don't have any impurities in them. I have to make sure the space is level, that I know where the cat is and will be in the next two days, or the kids, so I don't have um, anything falling into the painting. And you have a studio here at Princeton Makes, right? Yes, I am thrilled to be part of this community of artists and to have the studio here to have people come and go and see me paint and for me to be able to share about my techniques and about my style and also to I've accelerated the knowledge I have as a small business owner because I do paint and I do work as an artist full-time accelerate so many aspects of of my my business um, so you actually do your paintings here in the studio? I do a lot of painting in the studio, yes. 
I've started a series of larger works that I've that I'm that I did in my own home studio, uh, which is where I was painting before joining the co-op. Um, but I do enjoy painting here uh, because I get and I feel like I am able to impart energy, a good energy while I'm painting. Because even though it's a process to get to the moment of painting, when I start, it happens uh, rather quickly. So it's a fascinating process to observe live. People love it. How did you get to Princeton Mix? Princeton Mix, I saw a call for artists on Facebook. And then I joined the conference call with Jim mm -hmm. and a few other artists. As we were on the conference call, uh, Jim announced that he had to drop off. He was meeting people here in the space and I was home in Hamilton and I said, oh my God, I'm <laughs> gonna jump right in the car mm -hmm. and come see the space. Wow. And here I am. Yeah, so you're one of the first people. Yes. And you're one of the only artists that I know that is full-time artist. And how does that work for you? Like, uh, how do you make your money out of this? So I've I pursue a couple of um, different streams of revenue for for my art business. One is making and selling paintings, and the second is teaching. Um, as I was doing live events at different art openings and I was painting live, people started asking me, so are you teaching a class? How do we get to do this? I'd, we'd love to do this. So I created the concept of a class, of a workshop, an all-inclusive workshop, which I teach. And I started last year in April. I'm thrilled to say that people that joined have been coming back and have signed up for a second or a third time, or they've gifted the workshop. Are you giving these workshops at your home? You're giving them here at Princeton Mix? Awesome question. I do do uh, private lessons at Princeton Mix because of the size of my studio space. However, I am in process of uh, working out the way to teach workshops downstairs in our beautifully renovated space downstairs, yeah. which is going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. I, I'm looking forward to that. But I have. I have taught in my personal home studio slash gallery. Uh, it's an intimate size workshop, so four or five people at a time. And then I've been uh, hosted by different organizations in the area, uh, the Arts Council of Princeton and others. Uh, so, so you sell your art, you said. So how, how do you sell it, on Etsy or <laughs> where? I don't sell on Etsy. I do have a profile which is uh, it requires a lot of publicity. So I, I do have a, a good social media following and I post consistently on Facebook and um, Instagram and LinkedIn and some sales come from there. I sell a lot in person. Um, at Princeton Makes, um, I sell some of my art, but I also engage in, uh, and I've sought festivals um, and that's, um, that's a whole new avenue. I've started taking uh, closer to the end of 2021. And it's a process to find out, to, to experiment really in the beginning and see which festivals work, which, which ones are good and which ones are not, uh, which ones to go to and which ones to not do. How, how do you know that? 
do you have to try? You have to try. You have to try. Uh, what I always focused on was having a professional presentation, no matter what I'm doing. The same approach I, I use for my art, for creating my art, by working with professional grade uh, canvases, professional grade paints. I apply in my workshops where I use the same grade materials as I use for my own art that I display and sell. I, I use the same approach for festivals. So I started with one day events, um, but I have a tent, I have walls, I have a setup that takes about an hour and a half and it's quite physically demanding. So I had to narrow down, and I'm still in the process of learning how to do this uh, the so, best so way. So wait, go back. So every yes. festival, you had to try all the festivals because you don't know them yet. So every festival you come an hour and a half in advance, you schlep your stuff, and you, you set it up. Yes, so picking festivals is a game of chance in the beginning and also learning from other artists in my network. So there are artists, uh, there are festivals that are being recommended. Um, for example, I did the Doylestown Arts Festival two years in a row now. That was good for me, but logistically it's a difficult festival because it's in a city. So you have to gauge, and I've started also renting a cargo van because I am taking large artworks, like four foot by uh, three foot artworks that I cannot fit in my car, alongside the tent, the walls, the tables, the chairs, everything else um, I need to take with me. Because when you go to a festival, you have to plan a whole day being away from whatever you're doing the rest of your time. You have to plan to have your food with you, your drinks, to have everything you need. So have a chair to sit on if you need to sit on so a lot of you have to bring a lot of things so you have to bring a van. lot of things yes you have to bring a lot of things to festivals to be to to be ready to do them and it's f it's physically demanding it takes i i arrive usually at the the festival so if something starts at 10 o'clock i need to be there at 6 a.m to start to start and finish my setup um, you do it by yourself? Yes, I do it by myself. Um, that's how I selected all of the walls for my tent and everything, so I can make sure I can do it by myself. Now, what I've noticed going to these festivals is that the artists are just amazing people. They really are amazing people. I've never been to one place where you ask your neighbor for a hammer or a hand to open up your tent and they didn't jump immediately to help. So um, while you know you could always get somebody else's help, I like to know that I can get whatever needs to be done, done. Right, um, and I was with you in one festival uh, and you came really early and you set up everything and you worked really hard and there was no people in that festival. <laughs> it was kind of disappointing. I Did know. you sell anything in that festival? I sold just a couple of pieces. Um, it was definitely not a good pick. Uh, not a good pick because I've realized that um, doing fine, making fine art, I have to be in, in the fine art festivals, in the, you know, those that generally will, ha will be juried and will be a two, two or three day event. 
they will cost you upwards of $500 to just reserve your space there, a small 10 by 10 space. Mm -hmm. um, but they do have a large marketing, um, in they, they do commit to making large marketing investments. They have a large marketing list or email marketing list. Um, and they can bring in collectors ready to pay money for original art and that's that's how it actually works right so I've you you don't usually do small festivals that are free entry and although we did I have no fun. longer do that it was a really fun day it was a fun day <laughs> and there's something to be said for fun stuff but yes as a business you need to focus on the things that work for you and help help move things forward and bring you income because it's a lot of effort and it's not that you just set on the road at six o'clock in the morning to go to a festival or arrive there it's the whole day before you pack you prepare the car is loaded or the trailer is loaded at the time when you turn the key in the morning and leave so you have to have all of your information ready the list of your artworks the an inventory everything protected packaged properly so it doesn't get damaged in transit and having um, done a lot of marketing on your own mm -hmm. beforehand yeah. so people know where you will be yeah it's a lot of work right being an artist has been more work than anything else i've done in my life how do you like uh, interacting with the uh, with the people that come and, and go and look at your stuff. I love festivals. That is the reason why I have, I'm, I've dedicated about uh, 10, 10 weekends a year. It's not much, because I've met artists who do 52 weekends a year. But um, 10 weekends a year, I dedicate it to festivals because I love, again, the energy of meeting people, having people look at my work, give me their feedback, and it helps me understand better how to do things in the future, what to continue pursuing and what to to drop. And meeting other artists that are that are so well versed at this, those artists that do the 52 festivals a year, that's fantastic. I've gained so much knowledge, so much more knowledge than I could have gained just by reading or uh, talking to other people, by going through the experience yourself yeah. like the experience of that one festival that i had to drive three hours away and stay with friends for the weekend for four day four nights Whoa. because it was a friday through sunday and it was just too too late yeah. to come back and and sell two greeting cards <gasps> so that wow. was an experience that was but i've learned so much I've learned so much about how to present myself, how to how to m create an attractive and uh, a good flow in my booth. And the next festival was my five-figure festival oh. because I applied all the learning from that to greeting card one to the next one I did. Mm -hmm. So, so it's a continued, yes, they're, they're not all the, this way. But that's, I'm building to, towards that. Yeah. And you create a following and you create collectors keep coming back or they recommend you to, to right. their friends and yeah. family. So it's a long-term investment. It's not a, an in-the-moment mm -hmm. return, especially for me yeah. because I don't sell little things. 
I mean, yes, I do have the prints and the greeting cards, but I am actually transitioning out of oh, really? taking them to the festivals. Yes, oh. because I want to focus on my fine art original paintings. And also we should mention that you have a good um, backup at home and you, your husband stays with the kids yes. when you go to the festivals. Do they complain? Sometimes they complain that they don't see me, but uh, for the most part they, they've understood and I don't do it so much that it interferes a lot. Mm -hmm. And for example, August, I took the whole month of August, I didn't do any workshops, mm -hmm. any festivals, and we just did fun stuff. We yeah. went to the beach, we went to museums, we did yeah. all kinds of activities so if, far. If you thought of it as like a full-time job, what percentage would you say you do all the like surrounding things, like the business things and festival and stuff, and what percentage is real making art? Oh, that's a good question. I think I am able now, as I'm still discovering, or I'm still putting together the map of my business, what works, what doesn't work, what I should continue pursuing, and at what level. I think that making of art is somewhere around 15% of the time. <gasps> wow. 15, 20% of the time. Because managing the business and doing all the marketing around it, I, I'm, I'm wearing all the hats. I'm and the teaching. marketing department, the packaging department, the education, education <laughs> the, the accounting, the you know, I order, I execute. Yeah. So where would you like to be? I mean, I'd like to be closer to 50, 60%. I'd like to be there, yes. Yeah. I enjoy so much painting. It just liberates me from everything else that, like I said earlier, needs to be scripted and uh, planned and and all that yeah. has that's more rigid this is free so uh, we're gonna move on to our game we have the ask the artist game and that means that I'm gonna ask you a few questions you're gonna answer quick are you ready 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 so what is your favorite artist of all time my favorite artist of all time at this moment is Georgia O'Keeffe I more recently discovered her as my previous favorite artist was Salvador Dali. We'll put a link to some of her work in the show notes. Okay, what is your favorite material to create with? That's an easy one. Fluid acrylics. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so this is a new question. Uh, what music do you like to listen to when you create, if any? I don't listen to anything. Really? Quiet? Quiet. Not podcast even? I can't listen to a podcast because I realize that 15 minutes into it, I haven't heard a word. <laughs> All right. Um, what space you like to work in the best? My home studio. What is your worst artistic nightmare? Becoming physically incapacitated. Uh, one word that described how you feel when you create art. Liberated. All right, thank you, that was thank great. Thank you, great. Zohar. So Adriana, before we, wrap, we are wrapping up, let me ask you, when is your artist talk? Because you have an artist talk here at Princeton Makes. My artist talk is January 19th, 2023, starting at 6.30 p.m. And you know you're gonna do some uh, demonstration? I will be doing a demonstration, a small painting demonstration, yes, so the audience can see. 
So everybody's welcome to come to that. And also, can you give us your whatever promotional website? And we'll also put uh, that in the notes. My website is www.adrianagroza.art. My Instagram is at adrianagrozaart in one word. That's all for us today. And I want to thank you for coming this thank early you. in the morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, this podcast was created by Rebecca Swam and myself, Zohar Lavi Hassan, and I'm sitting in for Rebecca today. Our theme music is by Renata Pugh. Uh, this podcast was recorded at Princeton Makes at the shopping center. If you have any questions or comments or suggestions, please email princetonmakes at gmail.com. Come and visit us at the store. We are open Thursday to Sunday, 10 to 6 p.m. Thank you for listening. See you next time.